Welcome to the Blarney Pilgrims podcast, episode five. Top of the podcast to you. Today we're talking to banjo player and singer Maggie Carty, and we recorded this live at the National Celtic Festival in Port Arlington in a very big room on a Saturday morning, and it was such a treat. It's fantastic, so you're going to love it. Yeah. But I quick, don't quick say, word. I don't want to say but, but, <laughs> but <laughs> like, this was the first time we tried the Blarney Pilgrims uh, format in a live environment, and as Tom said, it was a very big room. And thanks again to Maggie for putting uh, putting up with us and having a bit more patience as we got our way through it. But look, it's not the, exactly the kind of sound we would normally go for. It's a little bit more roomy and a little bit more reverb and things put on the on the voice. So look, it's not as not the same intimate environment that we normally have. But I think it's such a cracking interview. Her playing is gorgeous, so enjoy. It's a, it's a real cracker of an interview. I'll play two um, two jigs because it's the only thing I can think of. Um, the first one, I think, I'm kind of afraid to say what it's called in case it's not the right thing, but I think it's called the Moving Bogs or something, but it might not be. Right. <laughs> I got it from my brother, um, who in turn got it somewhere. I'm just drawing a blank, but I'll play it anyway with him. A jig I came up with myself. I don't know if it's much good anyway, but I call it Sydney. Um, Sydney Bogs or Over the Bogs, Sydney, something like that. I wrote it when I was in Sydney last year. I love that kind of the, the dark minor feel at the beginning of that second It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, just to, uh, I guess this is, seems like an obvious question, but you know, wh- for you, where, where's the, where's the original spark for you for for music? You know, as as you remember it. My first memory. Yeah. Um, 
I was thinking about this the other day when I knew I was coming on the podcast. I can't remember play, starting to play music. Um, I can always just remember being able to play tin whistle. Uh, not very well, <laughs> but yeah. I used to have the same few tunes. I always remember my dad playing in, in the kitchen in the house and it driving me mad. <laughs> Running through with my hands over my ears. So it wasn't your first choice of No, it wouldn't have been my first genre. choice. No, I hated it. Um, not supposed to the genre, probably just my dad playing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't really know the first memory I would have. But I, music was always, always there. Yeah. 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 So what was the point when you, you wanted to get into it? What was that moment when you kind of thought... Oh, uh, there wasn't an ever wanting to get into it. I was just always in it. Yeah. I always played music. I always knew music. Um, always listened to Irish music. I was going to school listening to, I don't know, maybe the Dedanon or the Bothy Band or something like that. And my friends would have been living to listen to the Spice Girls or S Club yeah. 7 or something it's, like that. It's pretty interesting. You know, like, um, I assumed, because um, I'm... A little older, that <laughs> yeah. you know, I grew up listening to Planksteen and the Bothy Band mm. and so on, and I sort of, I sort of knew that they were very influential. But it's it's interesting that everybody who we talk to kind of mm. cites them. Mm. I mean, they're so massive in terms of the yeah. the influence that they've had, and on folks like yourself, even kind of younger generation. Oh, they were the cool, cool dudes, like cool yeah. bands. Um, I suppose they were doing something a little bit more different in terms of arrangements than say just um, say a fiddle and a compliment or something like that. It was a little bit more exciting to the Yeah, and, and you know that uh, not to get too yeah. sort of down the rabbit hole, but you know that um, you know their live album in Paris yeah. called After Hours. There's the beginning of that with the with the whistle at the beginning of the Chikesh yeah. It's got to be one of the most iconic beginnings of any mm. Irish music album ever um, in any genre. I mean, it just has this feeling of like. I remember hearing that. I got a tape that I borrowed from the local library, and I remember mm. hearing it and thinking. Ah. Yeah, it's you know, never it's, it's never gonna sound tired. It's always fresh. And, yeah. yeah. So so were all your family playing then? Like so is your dad obviously, but you know your siblings and so on. How many's in the family? Uh, just myself and my brother. Mm -hmm. My brother James is two years older than me. Um, so we both would have been playing Tim Whistle, and then I suppose it came to sort of picking whatever instrument we were gonna do. We had fiddles, banjos, flutes in the house, and. Just my brother, obviously, because he was a little bit older, he started, before me, he started fiddle. And the only reason I didn't play fiddle is because I didn't want to do what he was doing, <laughs> yeah. which I regret. I wish I, I wish I could play the fiddle now. But I went on the banjo, and um, I can remember my dad, he was on tour in the States, and he found me a little 17th fret um, backless Vega, Vega, banjo, or Vega banjo, a little yeah. st um, star, star N, I think. And thought, I remember it coming back around in the post office, and it was so, so small and cute, and... Uh, he just showed me the notes and I would have had a few little tunes on the tune whistle so I remember um, putting them across to the banjo um, so that's when I would have started the banjo I was about 11 I think mm -hmm. 11 or 12 right. but I never I never had any lessons on the banjo um, my dad showed me what the notes were and maybe every now and then he'd hear me he's like that's wrong wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do this do that but I uh, know. And what, what kind of uh, what kind of guidance were you getting in terms of learning? So that it's kind of because I, I can't really remember. Um, there's a lot of motorbikes going past. I just, yeah. <laughs> um, when you're saying about about wrongness and, and rightness, like what, what are the things that you were? Uh, it would have been tunes, I suppose, like notes. Just notes. Yeah, yeah. it's wrong. I'd be upstairs. I could hear it wrong. Because <laughs> your, your dad's a fairly accomplished player, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose he would be. Yeah. Yeah. So he. 
he knows his, he knew his stuff I know yeah, yeah. but I suppose it's like any father daughter relationship you know or teaching them to drive or anything like that it's never gonna go too well it always ended in like shut up dad or leave me alone and da- slam doors and the whole kind of thing uh-huh. so um what about but, your mum yeah. then was she was she play as well or something no my mum never played she um she did some lessons Irish parents my parents both grew up in England um, right. So my dad grew up in East London and my mum outside London in a place called Watford to Irish parents and her parents um, were interested in music but there was just no music outside London, it would have been really in East London so, or in, in um, inner city London itself. But yeah, it's just... And, and, and where did you grow up then? I grew up in Boyle and Roscommon. So my mum and dad met in London obviously and uh, my mum, when they met they wanted to moved back to Ireland, I suppose. They both spent their summers in Ireland. And uh, just mad that it happens that both my grandfathers, my mum's mum and my dad's father, or my mum's dad, sorry, and my dad's dad, they were both from the same place. They went, right. both went to the same school. And a bit of an age difference, but yeah, they decided they wanted to move back to Ireland and they moved back, I think when my mum was expecting my brother, um, just on the proviso that they were gonna do up the old family home, my dad's old family home, and for for his parents to move back, and then my my dad's mother passed away, and it never happened. So they ended up just staying there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. The rest is history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I just was scribbling down a note there about yeah. the London music scene because you mentioned London, and yeah. um, that's a whole other yeah. sort of genre of, of yeah. Irish of Irish music and stuff. Mm. But maybe uh, do you want to have a have another tune or a, a yeah. song? Yeah. Or... Um. Okay, um sing a song maybe oh lovely yeah whatever I don't know (laughs) what you want me to do (laughs) this is Loch Aaron's Shore hey where did you get this from Uh, I actually got this from a singer from Boyle in Roscommon where I'm from called Vera Gaffney and uh, her and her husband Francis are great singers and there was always great singing around Boyle Um, the Gretchen sisters were from there so I kind of grew up listening to lots of songs and they would have been the first sort of songs I started to learn myself so this is one of them, and it's um, one from the north of Ireland, so I'll play it for you. Thank <laughs> you. Okay.
to your habitation Far Cupid has led me astray All my life I will keep the commandments They say that it is the best plan Fair maidens who deal to men's pleasures The scriptures do say they're wrong Oh Mary, don't accuse me of weakness All treachery I do disown I would make you a lady of honor If with me this night you would come home Had I all the wealth of bread Aladdin His gold and his genie was more I would with them all for to win you You have a fantastic voice, oh, but I, I have to say, I'm in love with the sound of your banjo. That's a much mellower, pluckier banjo than normal. What is it? Um, thank you. This is a JP banjo. Um, so there's a guy in Liverpool making these called Jim Patton. And uh, yeah, I got this banjo, probably got it nearly four years now. Um, brand new instrument. It looks, it's kind of got the look of a vintage banjo, yeah. but it's brand new. I made the fatal mistake this week of changing my strings, and uh, it was a bad, uh, bad idea. I broke one of them in, the, in doing it, and, and uh, it's pretty hard to find banjo strings in Melbourne, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So it, it, is it, does that have a wooden tone ring? Does it have a tone ring? Um, yeah, it's... And it's open back. It's open uh -huh. back, yeah, yeah, metal. What's a tone ring? Um, I guess the so I'm a, the or is it this bit? I'm not really sure. So I'm a, I'm a five-string banjo player. Yeah, it's the so right I, I don't know how to translate, but the tone ring is inside the banjo. So if you're looking this, in from it? the back, just right up against the head, there's a there's a tone ring. And sometimes, like normally they're made out of like a rolled brass or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's metal there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because you don't ask me too much. Now, because there's a frosted head, so it looks um, yeah. it looks like it might be a, a timber one, but it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's so I love mellow. the um, to the inside of it there. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Beautifully no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a geek when it comes to oh, yeah. what it's made of. Do you know what timber it is? Uh, I should know. Shut up, Darren. No one cares I about know. the timber. Yeah, I know. It's I, definitely um, wooden. It's, it's wood, <laughs> yeah. Timber, uh, yeah. I'm kind of afraid to say, but I know it's a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> it does have a different tone than yeah, a lot does, of, um, does, particularly yeah. in that Irish yeah. sound. It's, yeah, and I think that's kind of the way you play it as well. I definitely would um, play, have a different approach um, to other banjo players. So what is, your, what is that approach that... I suppose I suppose I like to put a little bit more chordal work into it and just just a little bit of a gentler approach and let the notes ring out themselves. Um, I find well banjo is an instrument to be heard. Obviously that's the way it was made to cut across everything else. Um, but a, um, a style of playing the banjo would be kind of just hammering it out there and playing the tunes. Um, and really giving it sort of wasky to the strings, but I kind of like would take a more much more gentler approach. Yeah, um, yeah. It reminds me more of the kind of the frailing claw hammer, yeah, where you kind of got yeah. half half a chord, half, and then you're picking the melody at the same time. Yeah, beautiful. Probably, I'd love to have a go at that actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my area. There's not much call for it around these parts of that. <laughs> So, so with with a song like Loch Iron Shore mm -hmm. um, and the other songs that you sing, is it possible to kind of articulate what it is that draws you towards a song? Is it just? Um, 
I think that song is the melody. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the melody. I like the story of it, even though it's not a hugely uplifting song. But um, I suppose it's just a song that I heard growing up. Um, as I said, Vera Gaffney sang that, and I suppose I've got memories of been in great music sessions and then Vera singing a song and it just mm-hmm. seemed so beautiful that I wanted to learn it as well. It wouldn't um, That particular song, there's other songs that I've heard and I've just loved and want, wanted to just kind of recreate them myself. Yeah, as, as a very um, half-arsed singer of songs myself, yeah. right? So <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of interesting that even at my kind of um, very dodgy level of playing and singing, there is, there is something about um, when you're learning a song, <clears throat> And you get to the point where you're familiar enough with it that you feel like you're able to inhabit it a bit, or it's able to, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like, it. at some point, it sort of moves inside you, and you're, you know, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I, I'm interested in, in that thing that happens, both with songs and also, I, I'd imagine, with tunes, when mm-hmm. you're learning tunes, that there are points when you kind of, um, there's a point where the tune is like, it's sort of in your blood. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm definitely a huge believer in making songs your own. And like, if I go to sing a song, I used to have, when I first started getting into singing, I kind of had this problem like, oh, I can't sing that song because such and such has sang that and mm. that's their song. But then I kind of got over that and I would take a song maybe that somebody else sang and I'd try and make it my own by maybe changing the melody or kind of songs, older songs that are so well known that kind of no one really sings them anywhere because they're just these well-known songs but um like like try to give them like, a little bit of a freshen up yeah yeah so go on to, like um can you think of a song that like that would be the, one of those more standards that that you think um <laughs> i I'm do sure. that nightingale song um it's, uh, it's recorded by loads of people Everybody knows that, and just, sometimes those songs can be a bit sickening. Sometimes you don't want to listen to them, but I really liked that song, and I kind of, yeah, I, uh-huh. I played like that. You mentioned the the scene in London where mm, where your yeah. where your folks met, um, and you mentioned that to me um, on the phone about you know that you listened to some recordings from there. Oh yeah. So let's just talk a bit about that. So how would you characterize what? what that's about oh well suppose the london scene obviously a lot of irish emigrated over to london it was just a huge melting pot of different styles you had Mm -hmm. donegal fiddle player playing with somebody from claire or kerry polkas and stuff that never would have met say talking 50s 60s that kind of time in ireland never would have met in ireland never would have played together and suddenly you've got all these different regional styles playing together and they created this 
There is a London sound and mm-hmm. of music. I don't know so much now, but definitely those earlier recording, like that Paddy and the Smoke album, it's just it's just something so fresh and so exciting and dangerous almost at the same time. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, just these different players getting together and yeah, their different styles. So um, obviously it was a huge identity thing as well. And um, my dad was born in London and that would have been their... Um, the way they could connect with being Irish and yeah. their Irishness in London, playing music and that music scene. Um, was it? Was it do you have a sense of like whether it was an easy transition for them when they moved back to Ireland as well? Because uh, you know, um, sometimes going back to Ireland, especially if you've yeah, been born well, in London. Yeah, my dad's still. Um, he's still. Sometimes he'll still get. So when you going back? When you going back to England? <laughs> my dad's lived there now about twenty-seven years. No, more. Nearly thirty years in Ireland. And some people. So when he when he going back? As if he's on holidays. Does he pine? Does he pine for London? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think yeah. at all. No. Yeah. But in London, my dad always would have been a an Irish. Like might have been a derogatory term, I suppose, when he was growing up and stuff. And in, in Ireland, he's always English. You yeah. know, so it's kind of a hard, even us um, growing up, because my parents obviously have English accents, and our accent would have been different going to school. It wouldn't have been a, as um, a Roscommon accent, say, as my other, the other people going to school. We went to a very country school, so our accents would have been slightly different, um, a little bit more, I don't know, pronunciation might have been a little bit different. So yeah. definitely would have gotten... You English and all this like is a very derogatory yeah. sort of term in school, but um, yeah. Have you gone? Have you been back home since living here for the last two years? Um, yeah, I went back uh, last January. I went back. Just um, <laughs> had to go, had to go back, but um, I'm going back in a couple of weeks again. All right, yeah, great. Looking forward to it. I wonder because I've been here 16 years. When yeah. I'm in that limbo land now. When yeah. I go home. I get stick for sound like an Oz over yeah, here. Yeah, I can hear it. it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I wonder if you're gonna start feeling feeling yeah, that. Yeah, I, I suppose it's because it's your vo- vocabulary because you're just talking mm. about. Well, you drop stuff. so many things. Yeah. It's actually funny on the way over here, and I apologise. I kept on putting a th into your surname. Yeah. Because when I first came over here, I would I would make sure I was paying attention to pronouncing the, the mm. th. So. Three. It would ha- but it would happen in words that don't have a TH, so I'd be like, Thanship. I would, I would just yeah. <laughs> end up dropping it in. So, but I wonder, um, just from a musical point of view, did you, is, there, is there a Melbourne sound, have you found, or a Sydney sound? Because you kind of have that same thing happening. You've got players from all over Ireland playing together. Mm. Do, you, do you see that, or do you think? Um, I'd say there's definitely um, more of a scene in Melbourne, I would say. Um, you've got the... The Fitzes, Paddy Fitz and Joe Fitz in mm-hmm. Melbourne, they're huge custodians of the music. Um, it's a great session I play in the Drunken Poet in Melbourne on a Friday. It's great, great to be able to go in and play a few tunes. But to be honest, I'm not really there long enough. I'm only in Melbourne six months, I couldn't yeah. really tell you about the There seems sound. to be a really, definitely a young yeah. um, resurgence. Like it's, a, it's a cool thing to be, to be yeah. into. And I haven't been in Ireland 16 years. Well, and paying attention yeah. to music, but it seems like it's a it's a cool thing to be. Oh, it's, there yeah, too, it yeah. is. It's definitely getting cooler now to play play a few <laughs> tunes. Um, wouldn't you, have been when when I was first started. Not many people in my local area played. I can only think of one family that played. So we definitely would have been the odd ones out. I mm-hmm. played just another re- yeah. another way of being different. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> ostracized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you feel like um, you use that phrase? Of, um, 
I've been a custodian of the music. Are, mm. are you kind of, do you feel yeah. that in yourself a bit? Because oh, that's a real thing, you know. I think especially because um, my dad grew up in London and they had that huge thing of the music being an identity and being really, really important. I think I sort of have that generational thing of it being so, so important, more so than other people that, say, grew up in Ireland and could take it a little bit more um, just for granted sort of thing. I definitely would feel that definitely coming over here. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I suppose I would be. Yeah. I'm sure well, the people that have taken it for granted, I'm, so I am the example of that. Yeah. All my life I just took it for granted. It was, I knew it was there, so I paid no yeah. attention to it. And that's why now putting in the work to try and yeah. get to the understanding because it's so important and it's, yeah. it really is it's such ours. a part of our, yeah. yeah. Um, before we do another tune, it's just, uh, I'm really taken with this idea of how, um, so being a custodian is one thing, but like carrying the history with you kind of in yourself, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like you're sort of channeling some of the, some of the, it sounds very esoteric and that. Yeah, well but, it is, but yeah. Yeah. You know that it's it's with you, and then it, it's coming out. And when when you're playing here, right? There's there's such a kind of physicality to the way you're playing, and and your eyes are closed, and your whole body is gone. It's yeah, it's, no. it's, it's fantastic. It's but it's it's such an amazing, profound thing to see. You know. Yeah, I suppose it is. Like it came from somewhere. Like you think we were actually talking about it last night. These great tunes. Like how did they come up with them? And all like it's gone back hundreds and hundreds of years. Like how did it? You know, and it's so. Um, you know, it's Irish, and we're so lucky to have something that is ours and mm. different like that. Mm -hmm. you know? I suppose that custodianship, you care about yeah. it. People, players care about it so much, so then it gets passed on with some sense of integrity that it's still the same. Exactly. To some we're extent, the same yeah. tune that's being passed along because they care so much. And we're so, Yeah, we're so lucky that it did happen. Like, mm. But we think back, say, before even the early recordings. Like thank God people kept playing. Like yeah, and, and also you know you, you wonder about those. There's this kind of tiny number of people who made it onto um, mm, onto exactly, those yeah. 78s. Yeah, right? who knows and what else is out there? Think about the players who were kind of yeah, who, who exactly. never kind of made it. That you know it's, it's really. So do you want to do this, uh, another tune? Yeah, or, um, or song, whichever you're no, feeling in the mood for. Um, this um, that would be lovely. I think what to do. This is a tune called um, uh, The Miscovered Mountains of Home. This is like a Scottish, <laughs> I'm not even going to play an Irish tune. It's a Scottish sort of um, song here, but it, um, I'm going to play the Irish version of the jig after it composed by Junior Crehan and another one um, called The Gallow Glass. So it's just kind of, yeah, we'll see how we go. All right. <laughs>
Oh, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh, Jesus, it's been early through then. <laughs> so the Mist Covered Mountains, I, I just realized when you were into that that I remembered that from the Local Hero soundtrack album. <laughs> you, know yeah. the, you know the Local Hero, that movie, Bill Forsyth movie from back in the 80s? Yeah, do you yeah. know what? I know I didn't know that was on that. It is. It's on the, um, it's on the, it was the first track on Side Two. Oh, yeah, two. yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> the, Side Two. Side Two. I another tune off that, um, Rai Cooder called um, uh, Lone Rain or something. It's from that album, though. So, um, who are the players then who really influenced you when you were growing up? Obviously, your father and, and people in the family. But who are the other people that you think you know? If it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got to this point. You know. Um. You know, yeah, I can remember the first um, album my dad got me. It was the Mulcahy Sisters. Um, I think it was music from the heart or something, something like that. The Mulcahy Sisters and their dad. It was a family album they did, and I was just could not get over these beautiful girls playing music, and they were so cool. So they would have been, I'd say, um, teenagers at that time, maybe 17, 18, and I would have been, I don't know, 11 or something. I, I don't know what the age gap, but they would have been really cool. And I thought, oh my god, there's something in this. They're gorgeous looking girls, yeah. and they're playing music. I was like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to be them. And uh, we went to the Willie Clancy Festival and they were there and I was so like starstruck at these girls and uh, they're chatting away to my dad and stuff. So I suppose that would have been a big one to, um, I really wanted to learn. I remember they played the Bag of Spuds on that album and I remember learning it specifically from that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember I spent a summer, now I didn't, like I started the banjo when I was 12, but I didn't properly ever play it until I was, I'd say at least 17. I had the same sort of tunes, 25 now. Same sort of tunes all the time, but I went to Inishir, um for a summer after I finished my did my leaving cert, which is your exam, or you know the exams before you go to college. And um, I used to play in a pub every night with Ron O'Flaherty, um, great Galway fiddle player, and Conor McCaig, banjo player from Monaghan. And uh, I learned so much from them. I used to sit in with them every night, and I didn't have many tunes, but I certainly slowly started to pick up the repertoire that they had just by playing along. I was probably wrecking their heads. <laughs> but um, yeah, I started lear like learning tunes. And then I went to um, college in Galway and kind of started getting more into music then, going to the sessions in yeah. Galway. Well, listen, it, it's been such a treat to be able to talk to you and yeah. to be able to hear you play at close quarters like this. It's oh, fantastic. Thank thank you. Can we be so cheeky much. and have one more, one more song and one more tune? Oh, actually, you know what? Before that, I have one more question for you. This is what I was thinking of when you were talking about Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so... You know, we talked about the Bothy Band, the Blankstein, those mm. kinds of things. Like, is there, you know, what's an album that you would steer people to, or a couple of a couple of players you'd say like, these are these are the real thing that, that aren't on that sort of oh, yeah. everybody knows them kind of thing. Like, um, definitely Brian Rooney, fiddle player from Leitrim, mm -hmm. the London thing. He lives in London. Um, he's got an amazing style and amazing. That's simple, making the simple tunes sound. Like out of this world, sort of. Brian thing. Rooney. Brian Rooney, mm -hmm. um, the Godfather, as we call him. Um, <laughs> I say my dad. Oh, my yes. dad's great. <laughs> I don't uh -huh. Won't ever let him listen to this podcast, but yeah, he's pretty good. Um, obviously, Matt Malloy. Everybody knows Matt Malloy. I'm just trying to think who else. Um, it's great musicians coming out there: Colin Gannon, Jesse Smith. All yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. about those kind of hidden gems because occasionally um, you come across. Oh, Connie O'Connell, absolutely love Connie's playing. Um, he's from Cork, mm -hmm. and 
a great fiddle player, um, Kathleen Collins. She's an American fiddle player. Right. Gorgeous stuff as uh-huh. well. Um, yeah. And and do you do you are you drawn mostly towards more traditional approaches to to the tunes? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm drawn more to fiddle music. Like I haven't mentioned one banjo player there. I'm not. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah I'm so. not really into banjo music to be honest. No, I mean I picked the wrong instrument. <laughs> Till today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I picked the wrong instrument. Well, maybe I didn't. But um, no, I wouldn't really listen to much banjo music to be honest. Although there are amazing banjo players out yeah. there, Angelina Carberry, great stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely would. I like to go to the source. Um, for tunes, yeah, I listen to a lot of the old recordings as well. Yeah. Morrison, Coleman, Clarn, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. Well, thanks again. Thank you uh, so thanks much. Thanks everybody for for being here. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to me ramble on here. Yeah, thank you. And we'll have one more. Um, yeah, I'll sing a song. Um, this is one that I've only learned recently, so we'll see how we go. And this is a song I heard from the great Joseph O'Haney. Um, Shano's song and I just love this melody it's just one of those that stop you in your tracks and just love it so much so I tried to do my own sort of thing with it let's see how it goes I think it's just one more
soon to the one that will always love you. Thanks again to Maggie Carty. That was that was awesome. What a great player. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a really interesting thing when she starts to play. Um, <laughs> you know, um, she kind of looks like she's being transported to, yeah. uh, to a different dimension. Maybe she was just wishing she was in a different place when she was sitting no, talking to us. My favourite bit, of, because Maggie, I've probably, hopefully you won't be saying this, she gets mm. transported to another place and then snaps herself back and she's with you in the room for a second and then she's gone again and then she's back. And she's gone. It's so amazing to watch. Yeah. So thank you again, Maggie. Thank you to everyone that's headed over to our Patreon and and donated over there. Um, makes a really big difference. That's where Dom has his uh, his blog, where his little add-ons to each episode. It's all those things he wishes he had a said during the interview, but uh, <laughs> didn't have the presence of mind. Yeah, it. it's really interesting. It's a re- like I'm part of the Benoni programs, and I find it really useful. You know what I mean? So if I find it useful, I'm sure you will. So thank you for anyone that has become a patron so far and anyone else that hasn't and is interested head over to patreon forward slash Bologna programs and that's it from us thanks again to the National Celtic Festival at Port Arlington and Una Michaelinden in particular and see you next time yeah.